Welcome into this edition of Road Trip and RJ and Channing. I'm your host, Allie Clifton. We should do ASMR. It's the second time hey. I've heard it. Dude, low key, if it's going to get us about 10 extra clicks, for sure. Go ahead, Allie. All you. <laughs> your throat, Channing. What happened to your throat? <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? You know I'm bad hearing. <laughs> Tell me about your throat. Richard, ask Channing what happened to his throat. Have yeah. him have him tell you what happened to his throat so the way over you the just course of like the last I don't want to say ten years. I've been like, man, you know, I this I'm like, oh, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's just an Adam's apple. But then I was like, I would go eat steak and stuff like that, and a couple of times I almost choked, and I was like, oh, I just didn't cut my steak big enough. So finally, my Lauren was like, Chenny, you should Small get that enough. checked out. Yeah. <laughs> You should get that checked out. And somebody on Twitter literally goes, hey, Channing, you have a cyst on your neck. You should probably get it checked out. And I was like, all right, God, you're talking to me. So I got it checked out. And they were like, yeah, you should probably cut that out. You should probably get rid of it. So this Friday, um, that. <laughs> Getting that out. This is my Adam's apple. And it's not that big. It's just... Does it affect, does it affect, does it affect you? No, 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 no. It's so cosmetic. You, no, but I'm saying when you started to choke, when you said you choked. So imagine it, your, your throat and imagine the, it like the bigger it gets, the less I have to eat food. So it, so it is not, it's not cosmetic. It's if that cyst were to continue to grow, it would close your fucking throat. I mean, he but it's he, not growing that fast, but if I, yeah, I should get it by the time I'm 90. But at that point, Lord, take me. I'll be big-ass Xavier. He's, he's struggling to swallow right now, Richard. Yeah, <laughs> I never God. said that. I he, never he said took, that. He, he took too big of a piece of meat <laughs> that broke, and he almost Speaking choked. of that, hey, let's listen Damn. to Allie's story about uh, she had to get strep throat tested, and she was very disappointed in herself. I was very disappointed. When they took that swab down my – I was like, excuse me. I am better than this. Run it back. <laughs> I said, boy, listen, that doctor was like, yeah, we're going to need to see you once a week for this. Just me and you, though. And we're going to need to go so to dinner bad. beforehand. <laughs> Leave it to the two idiots that dressed alike on this podcast to talk about their choking mechanism. Richard, Richard was not ready for our energy. Look at him. Look at old sleepy head Richard. Yeah. This is what happens, Richard, when you come to the podcast and say that you were working. So were we. We were designing the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to start using this mic and doesn't even just for cosmetic reasons. Richard, oh, that, the, the that. no facial hair repost, you have to say thank you to me for posting that on the text thread that you made it better and applicable to our team. How funny was that shit? Please explain. So... It's a common rule that black people, black men especially, should always have some piece of facial hair. Richard, Why? for the longest time, has had a baby booty face, and we used to call him the Big Perv. That was his nickname, the Big Perv. Well, that's not, he's lying. You're lying. That was never a nickname. You're lying. You're Hang on. Lying why? People. Why do they laugh? Look at how hard he's like. He's like, we literally call, used to call him Big Perv, Smooth Face, Belly, Belly Flopper. It's like, what? No, that wasn't a thing. Wait, I'm why are you fucking... always supposed to have facial hair? Again, it's just that's a thing. not a thing. It's a thing. Again, it's a thing. It's not a thing. Our it's listeners, not... every think about almost every black man that has facial hair. It's just, it is part 
of our culture and Richard oh, is Michael going Jordan, Michael Jordan was bald faced for many a years. Then he had the little soul patch. Then yeah, yeah, he, he it didn't feel good. He, he won the two three no, beats with I'm the soul patch. Is is that he he was bald everything winning multiple MVPs. Yeah, okay. That yeah. was the early to make 90s. make himself feel better for choking on that big piece of meat. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, God. com slash road tripping to Poor get your Lauren. swag that Channing and I have um, rocked on this podcast. Uh, guys, let's, <laughs> let's dive on in. Can we give our uh, Cavs family some love? 19 and four of the last 23, number two team in the East, leading the Central. Six guys averaging double figures. Um, are they better than the Bucks? as listed right now in your mind what do they have to do to uh battle with the celtics how are we feeling i think that the the Cavs are still a matchup based team like if they get the right matchups like i think they would play better this year versus the knicks um i think they would play i think that they would still get bullied by milwaukee i think they don't have enough firepower for boston but I think there is still a path for them to get to the conference finals. I still think that they are one of the top teams, but I think that they're, they're, they're still matchup based. Like last year when they lost to the Knicks, it was a bad matchup for them. That was a bad matchup. And four or five people make it seem like four or five is that four or five is they were basically similar records. One team just, you know, that does a certain thing. Well, so I think the Cavs are great. I think I, you see the emergence you know, Donovan Mitchell, all those Darius Garland, all these dudes. But I just think at the end of the day, like if they get a good matchup, they can make some noise. If they get a bad matchup, they could be out early. Uh, with this group, I would love for them to have a signature win, right? Like a a big win versus, versus a, a very good team. So meaning like we've seen Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen win big games and go on a run during the regular season. I'd love to see the Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, like that starting five unit have a signature win where we go, oh, shit, they they might be for real. Like, they doing it. But as of right now, I have them, again, still in that puncher's chance. Whether they have, you know, uh, Evan Mobley or Darius Garland or whether it's just Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if it puts them above – Philly, Milwaukee, or Boston? Philly, though, again, I, I don't trust in the, the Joel Embiid situation. Not from a standpoint of can he come back. But, like, okay, if he comes back, let's say he comes back with 15 games ago. Seven of those games, he's going to be on minute restriction. He's not going to be playing back-to-backs. So it's like, even then, so when will he be at? Because understand, they are a contender when Joel Embiid is playing at an MVP level. If he's not playing in an and, and and the conditioning that it takes, you know, when we chant, you know this. When you get into the postseason, there is like no everyone's sprinting back on defense. Everyone's like it is it is do or die. So Joel Embiid has to be playing at an MVP level by the time the postseason starts for them. Now again, if they get a good first round matchup and he can kind of build in in that first round series, good, good for him. But ultimately. That's why I'm not like bought in on Philly because it's not like they just got to get Joel Embiid back. He's not going to show back up and in the first two weeks be playing 40 minutes a night and dominating like, you know, yeah, he's going to be playing 25. Yeah. He, and but, then playoff shape. Then playoff shape. But, but, yeah, when that motherfucker out there, <laughs> listen, 
I think y'all forgot. When he out there, new team, Nicholas Batum, you have Ubre, you have Tobias, you have Maxi. They're more of a team than they've ever been. Agreed. They're more of a complete team than they've ever been, coaching included. Um, and I like that even they have a signature win, right? Like I think last Friday, this Friday, they had a signature win versus a team. You're like, how the F did you win that game? Mm-hmm. You know? Going back, I was actually just looking at their schedule. Going there back to January seventeenth, they beat the Bucks twice. They beat the Clippers and the Kings. So basically, you're saying the Channing signature win whole argument is bullshit. No, between I mean now, no, no. Between now, this is these are signature wins. Now, okay. if both of your players play after the All Star break, you're. <laughs> like you're going you're getting ready. You're getting ready. Yeah, you're getting ready. That's a signature win. You winning some shit in December. Ain't nobody give a shit about that. Fair. Yeah. I mean, right now, but in the same team, you weren't even in shape. You're worried about your candy canes. Touche. All right. Um, all right. From the East to the West, then the Warriors 10 and three in their last 13. They're above 500 now currently back in the playoff fold as the 10 seed out West. They do get Chris ball. Chris Paul, excuse me, back in the lineup this week. He's missed 21 games with a broken hand. Um, where do you see them now with Clay off the bench, adding Chris Paul back to this, the way they're playing? Can we also, when we clip this, can we clip when Channing said, hey, maybe we should bring Clay off the bench the first couple months of the season? It would take the pressure off his mind and he would just get to go play basketball. Can did we you clip? say that? Uh, I fucking yes, I did. <laughs> I thought you I thought you said train Steph Curry. No, 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 no. I or, said, if you're not going to go for it, so, yeah. blow it up. And Richard yeah. made a good point and said, well, there goes your salaries because these seats are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone must. <laughs> Everyone must. One man show. Yeah. I, I like this version of the Warriors. And here's why. Wiggins has the freedom to be that starter. And there's no pressure on him anymore. If I do well, I get to hoop. If I don't, then hey, here comes Clay. Um, they're starting to roll, and they always have like another level um, to their play, which I appreciate. And the young guys are finally catching up. Um, and then with Chris Paul, it'll be interesting how that second unit now with Chris Paul and Clay does. You know, I, I think yes, they're a little older, but you know, hopefully those young guys can get it done defensively. If they make it, if they make it. No, I'm saying right now, right now they would be paired with going against LeBron in a one game situation. Ugh. Right? Like on again, both sides though. On both sides. On both sides. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Both sides. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So if the Lakers were to make it based off of, yeah, you know I'm saying so that's the kind of the way I look at it. It's like if either of those teams make it, but especially them, if they make it, yeah, they, they can win a first round series. But I don't think that they're anywhere near good enough, talented enough currently in the way they are playing. Not, you know, I don't want these boys to go on some Western Conference final run like the Lakers did last year. They're capable with Steph Curry. But currently, the way they're playing, they don't look like the type of team that can make a conference final run. No. Because they would get no, Denver in the second round. They would get Clippers in the second round. You would get you would get the horses in the second round. The first round, Minnesota, OKC, very vulnerable, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I... After that, you're talking about the Dallases. You're talking about the you're, Phoenix, you know, Clippers, Phoenix. Denver. Oklahoma you're talking about City, you're talking Minnesota. about you're not playing against t- teams that have zero playing like playoff experience together in Minnesota, zero playoff experience together um, 
Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City. Um, Are Minnesota uh, title contenders? No, no, no. You saw Not what yet. Milwaukee did to them? Not yet. Said, Hold up, you. young fella. There's, there's levels. There's Let levels. Them, but, hear, but hear me out. Let them beat the Lakers in a first-round series like Phoenix oh. did, right? Let them beat the Lakers. Let them go and and let's say they go seven with the Clippers, right? Or let's say they beat the Clippers, get to the conference finals. Next season, I would say, yes, they're a championship contender. This year, no, you got to go. Think about it. You would have to go Lakers, Clippers, possibly Denver, and then you would have to go the Celtics. Do you think that they are? They have the talent, the 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 fortitude to get through those multiple rounds to be a contender. Those would be the teams that they. I don't think that they could beat that many teams in a row. Are you believing in the Lakers? No, 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 no. I'm just not doubting the Lakers. Those are two different things. My big thing is Rudy Gobert has such a huge impact on their defense, and he's been doing amazing this year. But like, yeah, I just don't know if you could keep Rudy on a court like that. I'll have to see it. Yeah, interesting. Um, okay. All right, I went off on a little tangent there. You guys hear the ice cream man? By the way, one of the best songs, the ice cream songs. Amazing. You were. I think it's the most creepiest song. Oh, I love it. When I was a kid, I didn't understand it, or right. I didn't. I didn't understand what I now hear. Is that mm-hmm. not the most creepiest? It's like one of the songs that you have in a clown movie playing. Is that because you had to turn your own ice cream and butter to make it? And then when cars came along? You know what's so funny? My parents had a butter churner in our Florida room. In your what room? We call it the Florida room. The Florida room? Because it was downstairs and it was all windows and glass and doors. So it was like a sunroom. So we called it the Florida room. Florida room in Ohio? There was a butter churner. Yeah. You guys have lived in Ohio. You know what it's like nine months out of the year. God love my home state, but it can be a little gray and dark. So anything to cheer things up. Speaking of, Is Richard. I need- <laughs> You're giving into the stereotypes here, Allison. Steph Curry makes you believe you can do anything. And the Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up and showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock with your favorite play and rep his shoes on and off the court. The Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet, locked in no matter what you do on the court. Stop in your tracks with dual-density UA Flow cushioning and traction. It's an emergency break you don't even notice. Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade of his sneaker career pulling colorway inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future on and off the court. Take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep Under Armour wherever you go. So do your thing. Change the game. The Curry 11 Future Curry is available now at currybrand.com. Jeff the ref, did you see the ending to the Knicks-Pistons game? Oh. Why are you laughing? And then you were also on the call on Sunday. Did you guys know, did you hear this stat, Richard, that the Lakers, um, their loss to the Suns, it's the first time where a LeBron James team didn't shoot a single free throw in the first half since 2015. Yeah. They have a plus going into the uh, second half of the season. They were plus 325 in field goal point differential. Leads the league. Didn't have a single yeah. free throw shot. Were they shooting uh, a lot of jumpers? In the first half. Yeah. 
Yeah, they no, shot the ball well from three. They shot the ball well from three. They were like fifty percent, forty something okay, percent. Okay. Yeah, Having yeah. said that, Richard, you even kind of came on the broadcast and you were talking when Darvin was a bit upset with the officiating and the replays and stuff like that. And you kind of <laughs> you were stating what? okay, come to Jesus. Come. What? How do you feel about the officiating? What do you guys make of Monty's comments? Uh, okay, okay. So the Monty, 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 Monty's right. He should he should fight for his team. There's no argument there. I have no problem with a coach fighting for his team, especially a team that's been as beaten down as they have and all the losses in a row. So now all of a sudden they have a chance, and he feels like his team put forth an effort to win a game, and he feels like all of a sudden an egregious miscall. call. And now he should be fired up. I completely get that. I just, I, I think some of it is is for show from a standpoint of when coaches say something needs to be done. Okay, everyone, we have a competition committee. We, what needs to be done? What can be done? Nothing, nothing can be done in those moments. We have challenges. You have, you have multiple challenges. We added another challenge. We have replays. We have all of these things to try and help because we know that being a referee is not a hundred percent correct. It's not a it's not a hundred percent correct job. So it's like we add challenges, we add these things, but what what needs to be done? So I just think sometimes when they start getting fired up, what he's saying is a message to his team that he's defending them. When we turn this into a talk thing and saying the referees, how many there, how many games are there? Twelve hundred game, NBA games a year with that pace. Wow. Like the amount of calls. How many calls do you think are made? If it's 1,200 games, what are there, you know? Hold on, let me do the math. Yeah, that's what, do the math. Because I'm curious, because I'm saying, though, you think about it, it's like, even in, like, even in football, they have less plays, they have less games, and the conversation about missed calls, missed holds, missed tackles, like all these things, not tackles, but like missed pass interference. It's, it, it happens. You say 28 calls, 28 fouls a game. Okay. No. That wouldn't be right. No, no, no. That'll be less than that. It'd probably be like twenty. No, yeah, let's just say let's just say twenty, just for the sake of it. Twenty twenty foul calls a game. Twenty-four thousand calls. Twenty-four thousand calls are done in an NBA regular season. And like, we complain no. about six and bad ones. And yeah, and we're gonna compl- think about that. And we're gonna really complain about let, let's say fifty calls. That that means that most of the calls are judgment calls and this and over the course of the season. So I some of it is in defense of the refs, but some of it is also in defense of just kind of the something needs to be done. Well, what, what what's going to be done then? You've been, Monty, you've been a part of this league for almost 30 years, player and coach. What needs to be done? How about coming down and getting the best referees get graded and they get moved up. And so they get the bigger games in the postseason. So you have the referees that get the highest percentage calls doing the most important games. That's all that can be done. That was a bad one, though. Terrible. It was terrible. 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 But how about this is the other last thing and I'll say and I'll shut up about this because I talked about this on NBA Today also. Then Not after the that, then I but I'm just saying I spoke about it also. <laughs> then after that, do you know what his team did? They missed the box out on two free throws. Missed the box out. So he missed the box out. So all of a sudden they missed another call. They missed another call, I think, on that verticality. That's a judgment call because the referee can say that the player was going forward, not just straight up down on vertical. So whatever. So then they miss the box out. Josh Hart gets the free throw again. He makes the first free throw, misses the second one. The Knicks get get the offensive rebound again. Mm -hmm. So it was like even in that moment, your team shit. Like you guys couldn't even secure a rebound on two different free throws. 
So we can point to that play and say that, oh, <laughs> how do we do it? How do we do it? Maybe it's you getting very animated. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. They missed two free throws and, and the Knicks get both rebounds. Right. So it was like that wasn't even that wasn't even the end of the game. It wasn't like the end of the game. You had two more opportunities to secure a ball and to call a timeout and run a play. You missed that opportunity. Yeah, I just uh, and here's the deal. Good for you, Monty. Stick up for your team. You want them to get used to trying to win everything. It don't fucking matter. It don't matter. It does, but it doesn't. And at the end of the day, I bet you that ref in his human mind goes. Let them fight it out. <laughs> Let him figure it out. Fuck it. Like in that split <laughs> second, it. he goes, "Hey, they both hustling. Fuck it. There you go. Put it on a t-shirt. I actually like that. Put that on a t-shirt. Speaking of Amish.com/slash roadtrip. <laughs> How about the Clippers? Oh, okay. Ooh, okay, here we go. Atlanta's Atlanta, Atlanta, with- not doing anything. Atlanta's if they win a game, just know bet the bet all your checks that they are going to lose the next one. They are five hundred for their for two thousand straight games. I was going to say, could you put your glasses on? Because you could have never looked more dad with your glasses on. What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? What are you doing? This is a visual podcast. People can see. Oh my bad. I thought we were on radio. Fuck (laughs) y'all. Excuse me, guys. Um, the Clippers. Let's start with their rebranding first, and then we can dive into their. I haven't team. seen their logo. Love right. it. Love Do you? It. I haven't it's seen. A, it. I heard about Clipper. It. Have a damn boat on your shit. It's an all black boat wrapped in a C, and obviously their jerseys are rebranded as well. They get their new arena called the Intuit Dome next season. Tight. I love the rebranding, the love timing it. of all of this. Oh, I like Crispy, it. Clean. I like it. I like it. And to me, honestly. It looks like we, and it looks like a target, like you're like targeting. Is that me? Is it just me? Like it's like in a bullseye. Like it's in a bullseye. Yeah, it's it's the thing that they steer with, Richard. So you know the horizon of a, you know, if you're going through a boat or an airplane. You were so close to sounding smart. You were so close to sounding smart. I don't know what that so thing is close. called. Are you, you know, Richard, it's, it's with the thing and the, the nautical miles and yeah, and dude, it is a couple thing. of clicks, and you're so close. I don't know it. I'm an idiot, but I was I just know. like, oh, Channing knows. I leaned in. I leaned in, thinking I was going to get something. Then Shut you... up. <laughs> um, All right, we like it. No, I, I like it. it. I like. Can it. we talk about this? Yep. Let's give each team every ten years a chance to change their team logo or team name. So that it reflects the city that they're in. To me, I would like that. If they wanted to. Isn't Here's that what why. the city edition jerseys are? Good job, Utah Allie. Jazz? <laughs> Good job, Allie. Good Allie. Job, Allie. No, no, we're talking about the name, the actual name. The Utah Jazz? There's nothing jazzy about Utah. Don't do that. Okay. No, no, he's off the rails. He's off the rails. Washington? You know what? Have Let's you seen Wizards? Are we, are we at Hogwarts? There's nothing wizardy about Washington. Hey. We know you don't want to be the bullets. Let's incorporate something Washington-y. You know? What the fuck is the Nick? What is the Nick? Only the highest, only the highest of of, um, education will be shown here. What is it? What'd you call it? What was the word? What? Wizardy, Washington-y? Yeah, they know wizards in Washington. 
Unless I don't know something, then what's up? Let me get Let's some Let's go through the NBA and you give me some new team names that they should think about. Uh, okay. This is. I mean, I just. I did. The I did Los Angeles research. Lakers. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about that one, but that's a Los Minneapolis. Los Angeles Showtime would be cool. Showtime would be even better. Los Angeles Showtime would be a would cool. would be sick. And then give the Lakers to Minnesota. I have not seen a Timberwolf in fucking Minnesota, but I've seen a bunch of lakes. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? Cavaliers? What the fuck? Are we in medieval times? Medieval times is pretty cool, though. Have you been for real? No, I've never been. Oh, my God. I, we went there in I, our sixth grade for our sixth grade trip in Chicago. But I love cable guy. <laughs> Chicago Bulls? I don't know. It's... I don't know any bulls in Chicago. You guys need a break. Okay. So this is the time. I need you to give me your top players from last week. These are Jaime Jaquez. Game changers. Which players or coaches impressed you the most? Richard? Jaime Jaquez. One, I think he surprised a lot of people with his bounce in the in the uh dunk contest. They didn't they didn't know a person of, of his descent had bounced like that. Shout it out. What? I, I have not seen. I, wait, he's Mexican, right? He's Mexican, right? Correct? Before I get this wrong. Yes. Before you get this wrong. Okay. Before I get this wrong. So he is Mexican. I grew up in Arizona. I Channing, same. We grew up with all Mexicans, all my best friends. Angelo, Maya, Anthony Hernandez, all these dudes. These are my boys. Eric. None of them had. Did they, they had Eric, Eric Larson. They had bounced when they, they all had. They were athletic when we were like 15, but none of them grew to be six foot seven with crazy bounce like him. So shout out him. And then he just dismantled the, the Kings, was cooking them all last night. So this later in two nights, was cooking the Kings. And you're just like, yo, this rookie is going toe to toe and taking these boys down on the road, on the road. Like, come on. And it's like the first couple games after all-star break. So, you know, sometimes rookie takes them a little bit longer to engage, but shout, shout out Jaime Jaquez. Channing. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that's starting to get a little bit more attention, good and bad. I'm going to go with Jason Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. He's a talk of the town. He's obviously he's ex- sex- ex- exceptionally good. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Exceptionally good. How much wine you have, bro? Not that much. People are like, is he that good or is this team just ridiculous all the time? But I think he is that good and you got to give credit. The dude wins every single year. There's a lot of pressure on him this year because his team is stacked. So they got they got a lot of uh, a lot of expectations. So Jason he, Tatum. Oh, let me wrap this up first, and then we'll get there because that right there was Road Trippin's Game Changers of the Week, sponsored by Under Armour. Do your thing, change the game. The Curry Eleven Future Curries are available now at CurryBrand.com. Is he not getting enough credit? It's no. Like saying- I, no. He's getting the credit. He's getting the credit he deserves. Yeah, but it's also like, oh, what? It's always going to be the what if. Would Ginobili have been better if he started on a worse team? Like, or is Jason Tatum? Would he? Can you just put Jason Tatum on any team and then that team be great? He's always played with legit all stars. He's always played with legit all star caliber players. So give credit to the Boston Celtics. To me. But yes, I think he is that good, but he'll always have that what if. It's like, oh, Tim Duncan, what if you didn't have Pop and Tony Parker? We'll never know. What is Steph like without Clay or Draymond? We'll never know. Like, 
it's one of those things. And I, I think he does get, because I think people look at his roster and they think he's a great player. They think he's in the same conversation. First, he's been first team all NBA. They think he's a Luca. They think he's a, a LeBron. A, uh, they think he's one of those guys. But like, for instance, if you were to take Jason Tatum off that team and add LeBron, where do you think that team would be? Same About, about the same spot? Right, if you gave yeah. LeBron Porzingis, Jalen Brown, all of those defenders, where do you think Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday, Derek White, like I, what I'm. My point is this: Wait is a second, that, this version of LeBron? Oh this, God, yeah. Even, even this version of LeBron. Even this. And what version. was what was your answer, Channing? Well, they'd be in first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying this version of LeBron today yeah. that's with the Lakers. If you gave him all of those weapons that they currently have and just took Jason Tatum off, you would feel like. So you're it really was, saying. Yeah, you're really saying that he's a great player that has a ton of weapons around him. Like right. LeBron didn't win any didn't win any MVPs when he was in Cleveland, right? LeBron, like we are we were we holding it against him or what? What was this? He didn't win any MVPs. Should he have? Yeah, I I, I think so. Okay, here's a question: You take KD off of Phoenix and put him on Boston. Are they still number one? Oh, you mean Jason Tatum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Sorry. Yes, Switch. agree. Agreed. And I think sometimes I think sometimes the MVP is your team is winning because you have played and ascended to such a level. Correct. Like Shake like, Gilders like, Alexander, yeah. Luke, uh, Luca, Jokic, Embiid. Yeah. That's what I'm is, this. is in your mind right now, this is the first question. Are the Thunder a title contender? No. No. If you take Chet off and put Victor on, are they a title contender? No. No, but damn, that team gonna be nasty. That team would be a problem. Ooh. No. For no. the next 10 years, that team's gonna be a problem. No, I no, but the, the premise that she is making is that would Chet be making that much of a or would would Victor. Um, Victor. Defensively, um, yes, absolutely. Defensively, yes. I what what's weird? What's weird? And I know this might be crazy. I think if Chet was on San Antonio, they would be better. From a standpoint of I like not not that Chet is just like this you play around him hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that Chet is more familiar with the NBA game, more familiar with the systems, more familiar with how to tack. I think he understands it from a, just a different perspective. I think Wimby has such a high ceiling for his talent and he just does things that we've never seen, where sometimes he's still trying to figure out the game. Where I think Chet, to a to a certain part, kind of knows his game and is just looking to expand it. Right? So you don't like, think putting Victor in a situation with players around him, like an MVP kind of player, would make a difference? No, it would make it would. I I think Chet. That's that's how good I think. Like Chet is the. They were talking about Wimby was the first one with blocks. Something. Yeah, the five 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 game. Yeah, but no, but there was also like, but then Chet is like the youngest player at like rookie to do. You know, a hundred threes, a hundred blocks, and you know, a hundred something. Like so, it's like they're both pacing stuff that's never been done by a rookie, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're both pacing that stuff that's never been done by a rookie. A combination of things. Like they, that's how close they are. Here's a good. Uh, here's a good example that I've been thinking about here in my very small brain. <laughs> Chet is Carmelo. Wemby gets an opportunity to be like LeBron. Now both of them. Equally Hall of Famers, equally great, but one ceiling is just when your favorite player oozes and ahs 
every single day of watching this one player, you got to take notice of that. We've seen almost everything and every player from, you know, I'm back there in, in TNT in Atlanta from Isaiah Thomas, Steve Smith, Shaq, Kenny, Charles, Ernie, myself, Brendan Haywood, Jamal. Every time this kid does something, we're just like, what in the how? You know, mm-hmm. him jumping with his left. Now, Chet may do that not as often, but I just think Chet will. Be, Chet has opportunity to be an all-star a lot of years in a row. Wemby has opportunity to be the face of this league as an international superstar from a person that is like just God gifted to basketball for what he does and his size and his disposition and where he's at. Uh, okay. So Chet, for to what I was going to say, Chet Holmgren becomes the first rookie with a hundred plus threes and 150 plus blocks in a season. And we still got 30 games to go. Like that, what, is, that, what is Wemby though? Because you could look him up and he has the same freaking like crazy. No, no, he does. Or... He does. He has this. I think he was the first to blocks and something else, but not to threes. Like that shows you like offensively, like Wemby's ability to knock our, our Chet's ability to knock down threes. Wemby but still, should be that, defensive player of the year. But I but, think that's my, I think that's my No, you can't be really defensive quick. player on a team like that just because you can't. No, you can't, bro. But I think that's my thing with the whole fault. conversation of if you were to surround Wimby with a different cast, because if you've obviously watched the Spurs, it's just been this whole like figure out process with him as the center, right? And so I, I just think it would be a different, a different situation. It would help Wimby a lot. It would yeah. help Wimby a lot. It would help Wimby a lot. I, I think I, th- I wasn't making a counterpoint. I was just yeah. merely saying that Chet is doing shit that we've never seen rookies do. Also. Totally. So when we're looking at the combination of Wimby's doing things we've never seen, well, there's also a rookie also doing it on OKC. So it's like swapping those two. You're just swapping two rookies that have done shit. That's fucking. I don't. I yeah. like. That, that's all. Like, yeah, Wimby. Wimby has a much higher ceiling, much higher ceiling. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. it's like he's doing this. He's the first rookie with a hundred threes and hundred and fifty blocks, and he's doing this for the number one, number two seed. Mm-hmm. That's fucking pretty. Because yeah, you crazy. know you can't make mistakes. You can't like they're gonna play him, but it's like they're out here battling for the number one seed, and he's putting up fucking all time historic rookie numbers. Yeah. Like that's pressure. Like you got to do that shit every single day. Yeah. Like yeah. they're basing their defense around him. They're bracing their offense around him and winning games. Um. All right. Let's dive into the court storming. Hard pivot. Pivot to the left. Richard has given his um very animated. <laughs> What is it? I'm curious. I think they should arrest everyone. I think they should arrest everyone and give them a ticket. He responded to Jay Billis's thought of citation, <laughs> citations and detainment for all the fans that rushed the court, that stormed the court. Yeah, they said they should have security keep them on the court and then give them a souvenir citation on their exit out. No, no, Chan, that's what he really said. What? Dude. <laughs> Can I say this? Can I say this? And I don't know these kids. Richard, if we look at Caitlin Clark, and I'm going to keep it a buck, and we look at the dude that this happened to the other night, was it me? How I saw it was, you obviously know, drunk kids are running on the court, storming the court. Why would you stick out your knee or try to push them out the way? I've been on a court where somebody stormed the court. I put my hands up. 
They said, hey, good game, Channing. Ah, ha, ha. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. And I just walked. <laughs> Nobody bothered me. Why is it if we watch the film, people are trying to bump and push, and then they're getting hit? To me, security is running over to you anyways. If you were to just chill out, the chances of that happening are almost slim to none. So you don't think they should give citations? Just say you're all detained. In my life. You're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court storming will stop the next day. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't. I got a couple red tags in Tucson. You know what I did with them red tags? I went just like this. (laughs) I had it. Okay. um, So you don't, you don't agree? No. Do you believe that? Do you believe that court storming should still be? Yeah. Watch the film. Maybe I'm crazy. I'd love to see the comments. Watch the film of people who complain about court storming and look what their players do versus every other time this has happened in the history of mankind. To me, I'm just like, come on, man. This this is not a thing. Stop losing, motherfucker. Stop losing. Yeah, and typically it's the losing coach that goes up there and says we have something to do something about it. It's typically the losing coach, right? Because the other opposing team is rushing on the floor to celebrate with the players and somebody gets pushed or hit. I, I completely get it. You know, you know who so I would be solution? worried about? What? Go, sorry, what'd you say? What's your solutions? My solution, let them keep doing what they do. I, I, I'm saying that, I, and again, players, you should know. One of the things that comes with going to these high-level University, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Arizona, UCLA. Like, if you're a top five team and you go on the road and you lose to an unranked team, especially an unranked team. If Arizona goes to Kansas and they're 10th and we're third, they're not rushing the floor. No. Right? Kansas ain't rushing the floor. Right? If we show up there, if you show up to Kansas State and they're unranked and you're third, they're going to rush the floor if they beat you. The whole crowd is going there for the anticipation <laughs> to cheer their team. And if we win, they're saying, you know this, they start saying, yo, it, yo, if we win, we're going to rush the field. We're going to rush the court. They start saying that shit in the middle of the second quarter. Dude, second half. Second half, excuse me. Middle of the second half. So I, I only say that to say it is that you're not going to eliminate it. You know what environment you're going into. That's why you go to these schools. That's why you go to Duke and North Carolina and Arizona. Like, you know this shit. So my thing is this, like, just be aware. Just just be aware of these environments. It is a part of college sports, and it should be. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason why. That's part of the, that's part of the tradition of college sports. My, th- there, if there were certain players in the history of college basketball that I'd be worried about somebody running and just punching them in their face, there's only one name that was universally hated where I'd worry about his safety for a court storming. And that's J.J. Redick. 92% <laughs> of this country hated his guts. I think it's more than that. More than but really? him. Oh, so him. Oh. I would be that's worried about. That's a high percentage. Do you, know, oh, no, do, you know how, do, do you know how the whole country has like come together to love Caitlin Clark? Yeah. And like, yeah. They, Think about the opposite for JJ Reddick. Well, it was like a united front hatred. Oh, for, and and his dude. Allie, it was because he was so good. 
No, he wasn't that good. He, he was good, but he, he, was, the, he, was, he, was, the, he was the beginning of the demise of college sports. You're like, if that guy can average 30 points a game, he's oh my trash. God. He's trash. He was not trash. Yeah. I will say, How he was just everything that everyone thought about Duke, and he embraced it. And he was oh. like, oh, just the arrogance and the everybody. He was the dukiest of dukes. And, and then he was good. That was the other problem. And yeah. He was giving his buckets. I just feel like there are more Duke fans than the than 8% that you are giving here. No, so. no, 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 no. It's, tr- it's true. As much you as think you there are only 8% Duke of Duke fans. Think about how many people hate Duke. Michigan, Arizona, North Carolina, Clemson, North Carolina State, Florida, Miami, uh, Michigan State, <laughs> LSU, Texas. Everyone hates there, there, there's a certain demogra- Duke. There's a certain demographic that really loves Duke. There's a, an elitism, elitism that comes from to that. And I went to Stanford. <laughs> and, uh, my, my son's favorite basketball team is Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Benny knows that as a brophy kid he knows that I didn't that. go to brophy you fucker <laughs> went to St. Mary's so ha fuck you for two people that really take pride in hating on Duke you guys give them a lot of credit no we're not saying that they're not good we just don't like them we're just fuck saying them. they're they're, they're put it on a t-shirt put it um, on a t-shirt okay we're gonna res- we're gonna respond we're going to end with this um the LeBron James conversation with Bronny James. <laughs> Why do you laugh like that, bro? Because it's his dad. He's supposed to hype his kid up. And then he goes, well, he's averaging five. Let's leave him alone a little bit. Like, it's, dude, it just happens to be LeBron. It's like fucking this dude can't do anything. This without is why I fucking love the both of you. What? This is why I fucking. Why are you taking it seriously? If Hendrix is going and man, what if Hendrix is going to like let's say Arizona? I'm like, man, boy, my my boy Hendrix is killing these little little <laughs> here. He need to league him. Hashtag league him. And now if he starts playing shitty, I'm gonna be like, yeah, that tendonitis is acting up real quick. <laughs> man, who cares? He going to the league eventually. So whether he does it this year, next year, the year after, it don't matter. The fact that we have 30 NBA teams. With over 450 NBA players, and this takes up a chunk of every media, is wild to me. But it just shows the impact of like LeBron says that the full moon is coming, but it's only a three quarter moon. Does he really know what the fuck he's talking about? It's like, oh, it's LeBron. He's a human being. Lord have mercy. Yeah. That's my rant. <sighs> Richard. I- I think that was well done by Channing. I think that was well done, actually, to tell you the truth. I can say up too. Hey, get his ass. He better than everybody in the league. And then you see yeah. him, you're like, ah, yeah, the shoes wasn't, hey, they, the prototypes, come on back. It wasn't right. One more year. The only thing I'll say, the only thing I'll say in this, in the, Channing, you said it best. He's a dad. He should hype his son up. He should, right? As a father, Right. I I love I sent you guys videos of Lil Rich playing in Little League. Uh, like Phoenix Phoenix making catches. I'll send to our group chat. Yes, as a father, you should hype up your kid. Now there's a machine, there is a part of a 
of environment that you're now exposing your kid to the dark side of attention. There's a dark side to that shit that we are all aware about. And I think at times when they say about, you're not trying to protect your kid from attention. You want to protect your kid from the dark side that comes with attention. And so I, I think, look, I don't know about the rankings. I don't really give a shit about the rankings. They tell me that when I have to work the draft and then I start studying who is potential. But I think, I think he's an NBA player from what I've seen. I think I've seen players with different skill sets that have been drafted. It has been tough. I think people underestimate that that summer between that senior year and your freshman year. And Channing, you, you know, you had a hard condition. Like that shit takes you a fucking year to get right. It takes you a full year to just feel like yourself. And I don't know about medications and there's, you know, Hank Gathers didn't want to take his medication because he felt lethargic. And that ultimately is what ended up making him pass. He was, you know, averaging 30, uh, 30 points a game, killing at LMU, had a heart condition, passed out there. You got to take this medication to help with the condition, but he just didn't feel like himself. Then all of a sudden he stopped taking the medication, started playing again, and then that's how he passes. So there are so many different things that we don't know about medically that, you know, um, I don't think this is just, does he have the skill set and the talent? The answer is yes, right? The things that the kid can do, don't do, you don't just grow on trees. There are very few of us on the planet that can do some of the things, especially at that age. But to over-evaluate him, that's not our job. So I don't do it. That's a scout job. That's a GM job. I just talk about who they say is the potential draftee. Don't you think this pick, though, the pick for him is the most valuable, given Braun said that he wants to play with Bronny? <laughs> I want a billion dollars, motherfucker. So what? Yeah, he says he says Come that. On, guys. I said, look, if it's play with or play against, I, I let me say this. I don't see a scenario in which he goes into the draft and and goes undrafted. Ah, nope. I don't see I don't see a scenario because no. you gotta and this is still sports and entertainment. This is still this is still an entertainment, like very similar to how when Channing was saying, Oh, trade Steph. I'm like, bro. He's an economy. You can't just trade an economy like the local businesses. We saw this when LeBron James left, when LeBron left Cleveland for the first time. The economy took a fucking dip, did it not? The downtown, the restaurants, the bars, the all of the things. That's what happened. That it took a serious dip in Cleveland. They knew that you were there. Act like you've been there. (laughs) I had been there because I played against y'all in the postseason when he was there on the first go around, and then I went there and saw what Cleveland looked like when he was gone. (laughs) I saw the town was different. So I I say all that to say is that he still has enough potential that if you were to draft him late in the second round, I I think a team, he would be a two-way player, be a G League guy, go in and out, get reps, get playing time. Look how long it takes Kaminga to learn how to play basketball. And this man's the seventh pick in the draft. Mm. Yeah. Come on. It takes takes higher picks that have done worse. So chill out, people. Do you think this came up at All-Star Weekend? Do you think that he's going to Tim Duncan it or do the farewell tour? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he might get two farewell tours. Really? I oh, actually really? don't know why I don't see that. What? Because I think the dramatics of like him just mic dropping. Ask, no, 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 not mic drop. He will ask for a mic. He will ask for... He will ask for, he will get the mic in like nine different places. It'll be some, it'll be LeBron James season. No, it'll be it, like, so I, much. look, we talked about Kobe. Kobe was a Laker. He was revered, but I will say it would be 
as intense, if not more intense, his retirement tour. If it, I just say that because LeBron played in different places, what Cleveland would do for him, what Miami would do for him, right? Like there would be so many places that I think would just do so many things out of respect for him, including LA, right? Like they gave mm-hmm. Kobe love in Philly. They gave Kobe love a lot of different places. Like we played against them. You know, I remember in Cleveland, they gave us all shoes. They gave us all uh, Kobe shoes that we could wear that last game. So it was it was an event. And then Kobe obviously has the most iconic 60-point walk-off we've ever seen. And you don't think Crazy Man ain't thinking about that? You know, yeah. Oh, he think he's trying to get a 70 ball. I don't know. I think he's trying to be different. That's why for to... some reason I'm... He's going to get 70 assists? Man, shoot that thing. It's your last no, no, game. No. I don't think he's trying I'm to not... do that. I think if, if they were to win a championship in one of his latter years, I could see him doing a walk-off there if they were able to, you know... But yeah, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady retired and came back. Oh, I can see Braun doing it. I, yeah. I can see him doing that. Thank y'all. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to be on with these kids. Don't forget, homage.com slash roadtripping for all your road tripping swag and gear. Wear Richard and Channing across your chest. Feel really special with that. Right on the chest. All right. We've talked about a lot. We've covered a lot. Anatomy through basketball up and down. Here we are. It's another edition of Road Trippin'. Squeeze, squeeze!